Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, if you're wondering if long-form copywriting is on its way out and if you should focus on mastering e-com instead, then you can't miss this episode. Here's a glimpse of the exclusive insights you're about to discover. The two main reasons why doing long-form is way tougher today than it was five years ago a vital thing for beginner copywriters to understand about copy that bombs. This will change your life. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy. I guess just in, so, so speaking of that, because we talked about it health specifically, but you know, in 2021, what is the place for sort of like DR and like long form? Because I'm, I'm looking at a lot of e-com stuff that, that incorporates DR elements and you know, um, part of me feels like, oh, I want to go play there. Like there's these people that their offers are converting at like 30% with like an, or sorry, 3% with like an $80 AOV, but they're at a decent amount of scale on Facebook and YouTube and whatever. And I'm like, well, I could come in and I think I could probably get them to four or 5%. I could probably get the AOV up to 120 and, um, you know, stuff like that. But, but then there's issues of e-commerce. I just want to make sure, are you talking about like people selling pans and clothing and stuff like yeah, that? Or I mean, e-com, what do you? Definitely health stuff, but but even gadgets, like interesting, you know, like yeah. like um, different like consumer, consumer products. Yeah, mostly when I talk about e-com, like, um, like so sometimes it is like supplement companies, um, like we were just looking at one for Copy Accelerator today that one of our writers is working on. It's like an, an eczema cream. And it was like, they're like basically 3% across the board of an $80 AOV. And, um, you know, I'm like, there's a lot of opportunity on that page, right? Um, but again, I see it with a. Uh, That's a tough one to scale. I can tell you, I tried to do eczema cream with Gundry. Yeah, it's tough, it's tough to scale. That's some of these categories too. Right, but like, well, for, that was like a toilet cleaner. It's like a toilet cleaning invention that automatically cleans. Oh, yeah, and poopery is like what three hundred million a year business or something right. like that. You know. Yeah, and the, but they use DR elements, and people sort of. I, I think a lot of times people who are on the hardcore DR side don't realize how easily applicable some of their skills are about optimization and things like that to more ecom oriented. Um, but, but I guess back to my question though. Yeah. I mean, where do you see it, you know, today and, and beyond as far as, you know, long form building a brand using long form copy, is that still a good idea? You know, is it like on its way out? Um, you know, I'm just curious to get your take. I, mean, I know other people would be interested as well. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we still have mostly long form. Um, just kind of go back to a little bit of what we we're talking about earlier. If you bring DR to a world that hasn't seen it before, it's magic. Right. So anyone here seen the ads for caraway pots and pans? Those are amazing and they're short, but they basically say your pots and pans have toxins in them. These don't. And it's just like, you know, DR 101, right? Like problem solution type stuff. And 
there's a, a plant company, like direct-to-consumer plants. I forget the name of it, but they do some, some cool ads, you know, and the hearing aid company I mentioned earlier. So uh, these companies don't do long form per se. Long form is tough, man. Long form, the reason it's tougher now than it used to be is because you can't launch with your crappy video. Mm. And to make a, a shiny, fancy video is really expensive and you can lose a lot of money. I think that's why more people don't do long form is because they will launch their first VSL or whatever it is, you know, 30 minute VSL that's done well, it costs a lot to produce. And then if it doesn't work, it's hard to edit because you just had to, you just made it so fancy. But um, I don't know, is it going away? I mean, I hear it's once a year, I hear it's going away, right. but it hasn't gone away. You know, once a year, Facebook calls us up and they say, hey guys, we're, you know, today we want to talk to you guys about doing some shorter form ads and shorter form video. I will say we use a lot more short form stuff than we did, uh, you know, five and 10 years ago. And I guess it would be more of those like e-com style ads that you're used to seeing. We do run those now in conjunction with our other stuff, which we never did back in, you know, 2015. So I don't think long form is going away. But I think it's just harder to launch long form now because the networks are so strict with how well it has to present. You know, if you think about it, a long form video is a, is a network's worst nightmare. I and mean, what does everybody want on their site, right? If, you're, if you own a website, right. you want the BMW ad that has the fancy car and the sexy couple getting it out of it that no one clicks on. They stay on your site and they consume more content, right? The last thing you want is some, you know, tricky ad with like a, a you know, a, a, a penis looking elbow dipped in a jar of, uh, you know, red bananas that says, uh, you know, one weird trick to de detox your colon uh, you know, at home. Like that's the last thing people want on their website. And then not only is that on the website, but then it pulls someone off of your website for an hour. They're never coming back. You know, so I think that's another, uh, like, I, you know, moat that we have at Golden Hippos. We built these network relationships many years ago. So we still get some, some leeway of running this stuff. Um, I don't know anyone who's tried to do it soon. That said, though, I mean, uh, you guys all know the old rule of thumb is that long copy beats short copy, as long as it's interesting. Right. So if you're speaking to someone about their dreams, hopes, and desires, they want to hear as much as you have to say. So... It's a great question. I don't think the question's going away anytime soon. I also don't think long form is going away anytime soon, but I will say we're, we are doing more short form now. And man, seeing some of the traction that these Amazon businesses are getting is really blowing my mind. Yeah. Like Smarty Pants Vitamins just had a big exit to Unilever. I don't remember their, uh, I don't, I actually, I only heard speculation on what their numbers were, but it was, you know, mid eight figures or, or something like that on Amazon, kids vitamins. It's longer copy. If you go on their web page, it's longer copy than some of the competitors, but you know, it's not a long form VSL. So I think there's a lot of different ways to, uh, you know, skin the cat these days. And I would say that there's no wrong or right. I mean, there's also the completely different way. If you look at vital proteins, I always talk trash on influencer marketing. And every time I do a bunch of ad agencies and you know, influencer agencies come after me on Twitter. And I still hate influencer marketing. Um, 
I, I've just spent a lot of money trying to make it work and not made it work. That said, Vital Proteins, they sponsored all these influencers to hold up the collagen powder and go to Tulum and things like that and had the biggest booths at Expo West when you go to the conventions. You know, it's like the Vital Proteins booth is like five times as big as the rest of them. Just blowing investor capital. Sells to Nestle for 750 million bucks and a pretty, pretty solid deal for the founder too. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to play this game. Um, Ritual is another one that is uh, raised a lot of money, doing a lot of revenue, yeah, long form. They'll probably have a big exit. I don't think they're making a lot of money, but they're doing a lot of revenue. And that's what some of these acquirers want to see. And it's got beautiful branding. And that's another thing too, is I think people in our space think that they can't learn from these companies. They don't even look at them, but I'm always studying these companies and ordering their products and seeing what they do. You know, and and thinking about how can we incorporate some of that stuff. You know, do, like there's there's uh, brands in our portfolio that I've considered raising money for, and and doing some some models like that. You know, I don't think you should limit yourself. And I think it's been one of our secrets to success is looking at other worlds, like you know the startup worlds, the uh, brand advertising worlds, and taking the best of those and peppering them in to create a unique system. Yeah, that's that makes a ton of sense. I think there's a lot of of gold there for people who listen and. Um, and I think, you know, going back to the person who wants to start their own company, I, you know, it sounds kind of obvious, but at least I would imagine you'd agree, if you don't feel free to say it, but it's the kind of thing about what you're trying to build and being real for yourself, right? Because there's people who build, if you build like a cash flow lifestyle business, like great, right? Awesome. And that's what like offers generally are. And if you're, and you could make lots of money doing that and then invest and, and whatever, if you're trying to build something to sell it, then you know, it's a, it can be a totally different game because if you're getting, you know, investment or venture capital or you're raising rounds and then you're, uh, you know, basically you don't care about being profitable. All you care about is growth, 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 and like doing it with metrics that your investors are happy with so you can get to that exit. But that's a very difficult game, right? Very few, for every company that we hear those crazy exits, there's like, you know, the other nine that sort of you know, got here and then, and then fell, but yeah. Or they have the big exit in the media, but the founder didn't actually make make much more than you know a million or two million bucks or something like that. You know, you, there's a lot of those too because yeah, they raised too much money or or you know had bad things happen or whatever. So I know a company that sold for like one point, was like one point three or one point six billion, but the the founder barely got anything. It's a like a which friend, one? Uh, I can't. I won't say on this, but I can. oh, friend's company. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah I, had, I had a friend take his company public for five hundred million dollars, and you know he made like three million bucks. Yes. Yeah. It's just because he raised too much money. You know, it wasn't it wasn't in our space at all. Uh, and so, you know, you gotta you gotta be careful when you're doing that type of stuff. But you know, the, the great thing about copywriting, uh, Stefan, as, as you know, is if you get really good, you make a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's pretty carefree, especially if you have either an in-house position or uh, like one good steady client, something like that. You know, I would hate to be a freelance game. Uh, person trying to play that game of, you know, trying to juggle a lot of clients, but like, you know, I think Clayton Makepeace worked with Weiss Investments for many, many years. It was like his only client and he was making a killing, you know? And so I guess it also depends on like how good of a copywriter you are, you know, if you think you got what it takes to be world-class and you're willing to put the time in, then you might as well get there. Right. Cause you'll make a lot of money on the way up. You'll make a lot of money at that position. And then you're probably also, then you're in actually weird position because you can make a lot of money doing exactly what you're doing. But then you also have that unfair advantage if you go start your own company. Yeah, no, I think that that's great advice. I mean, 
that's really good advice. And and I think people, yeah, just think long and hard about what you really want and what do you, do you want to do? Because some people, they want to start a company for the feeling of like accomplishment and all that. And it's like, great, but if you're miserable because you suddenly have a giant team and you're trying to manage it and you don't know what's going on and, you know, there's good days and bad days. And then you're like, or I could just have gotten really good writing copy and, you know, gotten like made whatever half a million dollars a year, even a couple of million dollars a year of royalties with the right company. And um, yeah, I think you have to weigh that out. But so uh, two things. One, everyone remember, if you go to writers at goldenhippo.com, if you want to, um, you know, potentially become a writer for Golden Hippo, if you want to apply, include your your resume, um, a cover letter, samples, I would assume, right? But that is a special email that Craig set up, writers at goldenhippo.com. They're looking for media buyers as well. And you don't necessarily need to move to LA. That's open for debate within the Golden Hippo organization. So if in doubt, apply. I mean, it's like applying for one of the, you know, greatest like companies that we've got, you know, and, and just marketing and direct response and consumer products. Uh, Craig is a great copy chief, even having worked with him on that one project, which uh, as he alluded to, did not, did not work, but um, from out of my end. But yeah, and to that point, it's funny because I literally just had something for uh, another client where I, I wrote three things for them. One double, there are two controls, one new one, but one beat the control by over hundred percent. One beat the control by like 30%. But it was a, that control was more established. And then one's just totally like tanking, right? And I'm trying to figure it out, but it's like, you know, and I, I put a post about it too. So it's like, I'm still batting, you know, like basically two out of three. And so, yeah, like, oh, that's great. But like, you know, if you just hire me for the the one that tanks, right? And and um, no writer's gonna go 100% anytime. Uh, just a good lesson for writers to know as well, including myself. Yeah, the other thing is, it's, you know, the magic is in the rewrite often. Yeah. I remember one of my most frustrating experiences it was actually with the, uh, the, the pre-bio Thrive sales letter, which I'm sure some people have seen. First one I put up, didn't work. Second one I put up, didn't work. And these are deep rewrites. You know, these are like rewriting the whole intro and the body and all that, everything but the clothes. Third one I put up, just as okay. And then I get this new idea. And this new idea is like, this is the one, you know? And I, I spent like another two weeks writing this crazy big idea for this thing and I put that up and it loses to the third one. I was so bummed, but fortunately the third one, because this is another thing too, Stefan, that I think people don't understand is it's not as much about the writer as it was back when the sales letter was the only thing the prospect saw when it came in your mailbox or in the newspaper or something like that. Now the media buyer is a critical part of the puzzle. So my third draft of this thing, our amazing media team was tweaking and tune in and doing their thing along with our amazing video editors and split testing different video, and, you know, different uh, types of buttons on the page and colors and, you know, headlines and all this stuff. And they got my third draft working really well. But, you know, that's the, that's the writer's life. You never know what's going to work. You know, and even the things that you're most excited about can totally tank. Oh man, I wrote a letter for Dr. Gundry chocolates. I was so excited about this. It was the first supplement chocolate. It was a heart healthy chocolate. I knew how big of a market heart health was. And I poured my heart and soul into this letter. And that one just, I mean, I guess the good news is it just like tanked immediately. <laughs> it was like, no, no, don't even bother rewriting this one. <laughs> you know, it was like, made like two sales or something like that, you know, off uh, thousands of dollars. Yeah. But, yeah, you just know. know, man. Like it, it's true. I, I, again, I think it's, it's, but it's good for a writer. I mean, again, because writers, we're fragile, right? Especially if you're you're when you're earlier on in your career, and because you, I think all good writers and, and like A-list writers, you learn that lesson. So then you you're like you want everything to be a home run. Like I'm still pissed, right? When something doesn't 
smash it. I'm still like bummed about it um, because, you know, there's like pride and workmanship and, you know, if you're excited about the idea, which you should be for anything you're writing. Um, but you, you realize that that's part of the, the game too. Um, and so, yeah, it's just important, I think, for, for younger writers to understand, like not, it doesn't mean like if you write something that you think is great and it doesn't go well, it doesn't mean that you're like a piece of shit, that you're a bad writer, that you're, you know, any of that stuff. Like it, it just means it didn't work. I mean, if you write 30 things that all go live over like three years and none of them do good. And so for a really good client who has really down in media buying, then maybe you should consider a career change, but like, you know, having like stuff that doesn't, doesn't work. That's everybody. So. All right. That's just about it for today. Before we finish though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.